0: The Gospel lesson today offers us one of the greatest verses of the Bible, John 3.16. It's listed on the first page of the bulletin. Let's say it together, and we're going to say it three or four times during the sermon this morning. certainly a verse that we should all memorize and use in our prayers. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. When a verse has such a great and powerful message as this, we do not want to lose it or to forget it. And we can do this, I think, best by turning it into a prayer that we can pray each day. And this is what I have done with this beautiful verse, John 3:16 which I use daily in my rule of prayer. It goes like this. Glory be to the Father who so loved me that he gave his only begotten Son for me so that I who believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. Glory be to the Father who loves me, to the Son who so loved me that he gave himself for me on the cross to deliver me from sin and death, and to the Holy Spirit who, as St. Paul says, pours God's love into us. That is a beautiful prayer. Just take that verse and personalize it. Claim the promise and apply it to yourself. We're going to conclude with that prayer at the very end. And I will also place it in one of the future bulletins so that you may memorize it and incorporate it in your daily prayers. Let's speak briefly this morning about John 3.16, that great verse of God's love. I like the verse in the Old Testament that says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. Now if we act out this verse, we, we, have, we come out with an endless horizontal line stretching all the way from the east to the west. Then the second part of the same verse says, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love to those who fear him. And when we act out this verse, we come out with another endless vertical line extending from all the way from up to down, from heaven to earth. And thus when these two lines of God's forgiveness, east and west, and God's love, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so, far, so great it is, lo- is his love to those who fear him. When these two lines of God's love and God's forgiveness meet, they form a cross which emblazons and expresses more than anything else God's great love for us. John 3.16 Let's say it again. God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." Judith McNutt tells a personal story of how she experienced the motherly side, she says, of God's love. She had struggled for many years with fear and distrust of God. And when Judith's daughter Rachel was born, she as a mother was overwhelmed with love for her daughter Rachel. And one day, she says, as she held Rachel and nursed her, she began to cry, the mother did, with awe and joy over her wonderful baby, Rachel. And when the mother... And then at that moment, she says, she heard God say to her, you really love your baby, don't you? And the mother said, yes, so much. And God said to the mother, Judith, I love you more. And Judith said, no, you don't. And God said, yes, I do. And I feel even more joy when I nourish you than you feel as you nurse your child. Judith said that at that moment her fear of God was healed instantly. As she said, something so deep broke within me. God, she said, had to give me a child so that I could understand His love. Thus God revealed himself to Judith as being more mother than the best of human mothers and more father than the best of human fathers. John 3.16 Let's say it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now love for the Christian is truly a many-splendored thing, though it is often misinterpreted by us. There are three kinds of love. There is the because love. You know, I love you because you're beautiful, because you're talented, because you make me feel so special. Then there's the when love. You've heard it. I love you when you're good, when you're faithful, when you're obedient. And then there's the if love. I'll love you if you please me if you don't hurt me, if you measure up to my expectations of you, then there is true love. There is God's love. God's love does not say, I love you because. God's love does not say, I love you when. And God's love does not say, I love you if. Rather, God's love says simply, I love you, period. No conditions, no fine print, and no timetable. A beautiful example of this is the prodigal son. Remember that when the prodigal son rejected the father and left home to wallow in the far country of sin, the father was Deeply disappointed and heartbroken over this, but he did not give up on his son. No matter what he has done, said the father, he is still my son. I will never stop loving him. He will always be welcome in my house. And the joyful day finally came, as you recall, when the father and the son were reunited in a beautiful embrace of love. So there is nothing that you can do that will make God stop loving you. Like the prodigal son, you may disappoint the father. Like the prodigal son, you may break the father's heart. And like the prodigal son, you may re-crucify the father with your sins but He will never, ever stop loving you." John 3.16, let's say it again. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. There are two beautiful stories in the Bible that bring out By contrast, the great love of God. In the Old Testament, the punishment, as you recall, for an adulteress was death. And the law of Moses prescribed that she was to be stoned until dead. In the New Testament, an adulteress was brought before Jesus one day. And the crowd was ready to stone her according to Old Testament law. And when they asked Jesus if this was right, Jesus responded and said to them, Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And when all her accusers had left one by one, Jesus turned to this woman and said, Go and sin no more, neither do I condemn you. We heard the Apostle John say in the Gospel lesson this morning, For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. And how beautifully this is expressed in the story of the adulteress and Jesus. And we hear Jesus saying, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. John 3.16 God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is love, not sensual love, not selfish love, not animal love and not earthy love and not love that drags down, but divine love, love that lifts up, Love which gives itself to that which is not worthy of this love. This is the only love that can save our marriages from floundering, our homes from being broken, our lives from being poisoned with hatred, and our world from being destroyed. Let me share with you something of what I said yesterday at one of the weddings that we have, We hear people saying today, how can I commit myself to one person in life, in marriage, when I don't know if my love for this person will last that long? Now, my answer to this is that that kind of love, so-called, in quotation marks, that asks this question is not love at all. It is lust. It is selfishness or whatever, but it is not true love, agape love, the love that God pours into us, as Paul says, through the Holy Spirit, or the love that St. Paul so beautifully describes in 1 Corinthians 13. That love is an unconditional and an everlasting love. And it lasts forever because the flip side of this agape love is forgiveness. Forgiveness is not something different from love. Forgiveness is love in action. And when we are willing not to condemn each other but to forgive each other in Christ then love does last forever. But mind you, it is only as God in Christ lives in us that we are able to have and to express this kind of love. So we are loved. We are loved. And I think this is another thing that we should say every day in our rule of prayer. I am loved deeply, personally, personally. Everlastingly loved by God. Now what response does God expect from us for this love that he gives us? None other than what Jesus Jesus himself commanded. That you also love one another as I have loved you. We are to take this love that God pours into us through the Holy Spirit and channel it into the lives of people. Our spouse, our children, our friends, our enemies, that they may come to know from us that they are indeed truly and deeply and personally and everlastingly loved by God. When Mother Teresa was asked one day by someone who she is and what she does, she said very simply, I am a pencil that God is using to write a love letter to the world. You are such a pencil. I wish you would take the bulletin home and meditate on the beautiful little poem in the back on the bottom of the back page. Oh, love, how deep, how broad, how high, written by Thomas Akempis. It will bring much inspiration to you. I close with these words of St. Paul from Ephesians, the third chapter, where he talks about the love of God and he breaks out into this beautiful verse. All oh, that you may know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding, its breadth, its length, its depth, its height. Let us pray. Glory be to the Father who loves me, to the Son who so loved me that he gave himself for me to deliver me from sin and death, and to the Holy Spirit who pours God's love into me to make me a channel of God's love in the world. Use me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Use me as a pencil to write your love letter to the world.